Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planners Financial Services member FINRA SIPC, guides clients with empathy in discovering and reaching their financial goals, and creates financial plans for clients so they can live their life by design. In these episodes, he relates his expert financial insights and discusses timely topics. Royal strives for excellence and has a passion for sharing his knowledge and supporting his community. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, good morning. How are you doing? You know, I'm I'm hanging in there. Something something funny happened last night. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my dog got sprayed by a skunk. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, the the strangest thing was, is I really had a hard time smelling the the, the skunk smell. Correct. I, um, you know, and. Uh, my wife and my daughter could both smell it. And I was like, I, I can smell something, but for some reason it just wasn't as as strong. So I I was therefore the one that had to, you know, wash the dog mm-hmm. repeatedly with soap and vinegar. Oh, man. And, and uh yeah, yeah. So I was I was up later than I wanted to be last night. Yeah. I uh, bet. dealing with my, my, my ridiculous labradoodle that uh <laughs> you know. Well I, I can uh I, I understand. I've had that happen and I can attest uh, when they're sprayed and it's that close, it's not like you know it hasn't dissipated. It doesn't really smell like skunk as much as you would think. It's it's a different it's a different smell and it's really weird and it's not good either. But yeah, it, when it's that condensed, ugh, ugh, yeah. terrible. Yeah. So so my it. my beautiful lovely wife is as at home with with the baby with the windows open, oh airing out the house and uh, hopefully hopefully we'll be able to uh, get that get rid of that smell. Uh, Fairly soon. Fairly uh, soon, yeah. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I know but, you've you know, got a guest I, on the show today, and uh, I'm I hoping do, that she got, has I've not got had a rally. To skunk. <laughs> <laughs> I have. But, I did not have a skunk today. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> well, so I mean, who did you bring excited. on the show, Royal? Well, I'm excited to uh, introduce uh, Julianne Rollins. Uh, been excited to have her as a guest on the show. Uh, I've known Julianne for a few years now, and uh, I'm just so impressed by what she does for her clients. Uh, Julianne works with Cascade Sotheby's International Realty, which I think is the uh, the full title. And uh, I just want to welcome Julianne to the podcast. And and we'll just start off, Julianne. Um, tell me a little bit, uh, kind of, about your background and. Uh, what brought you into real estate? Sure, thank you so much for having me. Um, I actually was a dog groomer in a former life, and so um, your dog ah. story resonated with me a little bit, but luckily <laughs> I never had any clients that had skunks, so I never had to deal with that. But um, I have been in real estate officially for about four and a half years. Um, my husband and I used to do some real estate investing a while ago, had some rentals, that kind of thing. I've always been interested in it. Um, but as my kids got a little older and I had a little bit more time on my hands, I decided that it was something that I was passionate about and I really wanted to go for it. So I got my license, started out um, as an assistant and transaction coordinator, learned the ropes, and then went out on my own. Very nice, very nice. And, and you recently made a, made a change, uh, I think, to Cascade. Um, can you tell us a little, little bit about the firm and, and what prompted you to make that change? 
Yeah, so Sotheby's has been around for a long time. They're normally, you know, known for their auction house in New York and um, and things like that. But they do have a wonderful real estate arm, and uh, they have been in Bend and Portland and some other areas, and recently have started moving into Southern Oregon. And they approached me and asked me to join their firm. And as I learned about them and um, and the uh, way that they run their company and saw their beautiful marketing and a lot of those things, I was really attracted to their to their company and decided to make that move. Very nice, very nice. So one of the things I wanted to have you on for is it, everyone seems to be talking about real estate uh, one, once mm-hmm. again with all the kind of crazy markets we're seeing um, across the country, but I, I think especially here, uh, I think we have some unique features here as far as a uh, almost retirement destination for a lot of people relocating from California. Kind of give us a just kind of that, that 30,000 view overview of what's going on right now in the markets. How, how, how are they? Are they still as, as crazy as they were earlier in 2020 and 2021? Yeah, so it's uh, kind of interesting how how it's happened. I remember when 2020 hit, I thought, oh my gosh, my business is going to die and I'm not going to have any more clients and the real estate market's going to crash. And actually the opposite happened. It just fueled a lot of change for people. People were able to work from home and they didn't have to commute anymore and they wanted to be closer to family. And a lot of things happened that really really created a lot of change in people's lives where they wanted to change their living situation. They needed a bigger house because everybody was home, you know, working and doing school and all these things. And so and then you know interest rates dropped and um it just kind of fueled this frenzy and then here locally we had the fires in 20 in 2020 that also fueled some changes in needs for housing and so just a lot of different factors have created this um this demand for homes and so you know every state in the country has had appreciation in the last year there was only three states that only had single digit growth i mean some places are seeing 40 percent appreciation in one year which is just unheard of and um in jackson county and josephine county we've had really good numbers as well um we had 14 percent from 2020 to 2021 20 josephine county and in the last five years, uh, Jackson County's had 50% appreciation and Josephine County's had 78% appreciation. So some really nice appreciation. There's been a lot of buzz around low inventory, but in reality, homes were coming on the market. They just weren't staying on the market. So, um, you know, in 2019, um, this is just in Jackson County, 740 homes sold in 2019. And in 2021, we're already at 820 um, through oh, the end wow. of September. So there's definitely some some turnover there in the in the inventory. It's just not uh, staying on the shelf very long. Right. There were just so many buyers. You know, it was almost like Black Friday for a while. Every time a good house came on the market, everybody was penned up and the doors would open and they would rush to try and get to these houses. And we are seeing, starting to see a slight shift the past couple of months. The inventory is creeping up a little bit. Um, for a long time, we were in Jackson County between 200 and 300 homes on the market at any given time when in 2018, there were like a thousand. Um, and then today, as I looked this morning, there were 586 on the market. So we're starting to see a little bit of a shift there. It's starting to um, be a few more, it's starting to sit a little bit more. I think some buyers decided to wait it out for a little bit. I've, I've seen some people starting to maybe leave the area because of the smoke and um, and the vaccine mandates and some things like that are kind of creating some different 
situations where, and this is just anecdotally in my own business, I've seen this happen where we're, there's a few people who are considering leaving the area because of some of these factors. Yeah, and I, I would absolutely uh, agree with that. I, I have these conversations quite often about uh, relocating out of this place where I think a lot of people have put down some long-term roots and never thought they would move out of the area, but because of the smoke and perhaps the political climate, it, it doesn't feel as much as home. So it's a it's an interesting dynamic we're dealing with. But um, are you are we still seeing the influx of people moving up uh, out of um, Southern California uh, to the area? Is that something you're still seeing? Yeah, we do still see California. I've actually seen from a lot of other states, too. I've had clients from North Carolina and Illinois and Colorado and other places come here, too, in the last year or so. You know, everybody likes to blame California, but, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of people from other areas come here as well, some for jobs, some for the climate, some to be close to family, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the most interesting things, you know, as you touched on, was that that kind of change in priorities that people had going through 2020 is that need to be closer to family uh, that need to have some space where you know you can at least get away from the kids if you do have to work from home uh, <laughs> i i know personally we we moved uh in december 2019 to a home where i had a i was able to have a home office and uh it was such a lifesaver uh for that yeah. first few months while we were out of the office uh, i can't imagine doing it uh at my dining room table like a, a lot of families had to yeah, that was our family. We had, at some point, all of us at home, and, and uh, we were all trying to find a little corner in the house that we could have some privacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I hear this term, buyer's agent, you know, uh, listing agent. Do you have a, a specialty there where you're mainly working with, with uh, buyers or sellers, or do you do a little bit of both there? So some agents do choose to work with exclusively buyers or sellers, kind of depending on their preference. Some newer agents will start working with buyers and then work towards listings. They'll work maybe with a, a high-profile listing agent to help with the buyers that they have, and then they'll move to listings. I prefer to work with both. There's um, it helps me learn the market better. When I have listings and I'm working with sellers, I can help buyers be more prepared to, you know, on how to write good offers. So that since I know what that's like on the other side, and conversely, you know, it, it helps on the other side as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's fun to do both. I like both. Very nice. Very nice. So, so when you're working with buyers, what should they be prepared for? You know, may, maybe not for what we were seeing earlier this year, but but kind of in a, in a more slightly more loose uh, market like like we're, what we're moving into right now. What should buyers be prepared for, and you know, what should their thinking be? That's a great question, and you know, buyers actually have been kind of put through the ringer in the last year or so, and it's been nice to see that that's shifting a little bit. However, we're not out of the woods yet. The biggest thing that I like to, or there's a few things I like to tell buyers when they are looking to start purchasing a home is to think about saving. The first thing they need to do when they're saving to purchase a home is to save for the down payment, of course. But I see a lot of people who have the down payment, but they don't have enough to cover closing costs. So it's important to have that as well. And perhaps some funds for a few repairs if the house needs new carpet or it needs paint, or there's just a few things that maybe need to be taken care of that the seller's not willing to do, or that's a personal preference. It's nice to have those funds to take care of that. And so, you know, the minimum down payment for a house is around 3%. And then closing costs can be anywhere from two to 5%, depending on your credit score and the loan program you're doing, that kind of thing. So you wanna have, you know, maybe about 10% of the price saved so that you've got some, um, 
some funds to allow you to buy the home. You know, in years past, sellers would often pay some of the closing costs for buyers um, with a decent offer. That's really been not um, acceptable right now. Maybe not not acceptable, but not the norm right now because the sellers have more options on buyers to choose from. And if they've got someone who doesn't need to have closing costs covered, that's the buyer they're going to choose. So that's just important to kind of be prepared to pay for everything that you can. Um, I also recommend that buyers meet with a mortgage lender early in the process to learn what their purchase ability is. Some people may not think they can buy a house, but they may actually really be able to. Or I've also seen people who think they can afford, you know, $400,000 and really they can only afford three hundred dollars or three fifty. dollars So it's really important to meet with that mortgage lender early in the process and really find out what your purchase power is and what your situation is. And then if you're not able to buy a home at this moment because your credit score is a little low or you maybe need to save a little bit more. They're really great at guiding you through that process and helping you get ready so that you can purchase at some point. Um, right, right. And, I also and, get, and just, oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, and just to, just as a caveat there, one thing I, I would throw out as a business owner, and I'm sure you've run into this with your business owner clients, is if you own a business and you're not just getting a, a W-2 paycheck from them, there's often a lot of hoops you have to jump through to get a mortgage. So just be prepared for a a, a somewhat invasive mortgage process there. Uh, yeah. It's amazing talking to some some friends who are just, you know, W-2 employees. You know, they, they've worked somewhere for two, three years or longer. And it's just, oh, just show us your taxes and you're good. Uh, as yeah. a business owner, it's 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 a it's a lot more than that. So uh, just 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 from personal experience. Here. Yes, if you're self-employed, <laughs> it's a lot more of a process. But they're they're doing. I've seen some great programs that some lenders are doing for self-employed people to try and make this a little bit less of a difficult process, uh, yeah. because yeah. our economy has shifted a lot. And a lot of people are self-employed and have kind of l- less traditional income, and so it's really really important to meet with that lender and find out what your situation is. Yeah. I also get a lot of calls with buyers saying, hey, I'd like to buy a house, let's go look at homes, but they haven't met with a lender yet. And so it's very important to have your pre-approval ready before you begin looking at homes so that you really know what you're looking for, what price range you're looking in, and what's possible for you so that, you know, it is really fun to look at homes and I love that part, (laughs) but (laughs) it's important to have all that in place so that you don't fall in love with something that you can't buy. Yeah, what do you wish sellers would know? You know, right now it seems like um, you can just throw a sign in the yard and it's uh, gone in a week, but uh, I don't know if that's always true. It is not always true. Sometimes you can get lucky and that can be the case if you've got, you know, the right situation. But I have a few things I like to tell my sellers that has really helped them in this past year or so, even with a lot of offers and a lot of options. There's during the the uh, sale process, there's different times where the seller's driving the bus and the buyer's driving the bus. And when you're the seller, you need to make sure you're doing everything you can while you're driving the bus so that you are clear to close and you have a less, you have a more smooth process. So one thing I, I advise most of my clients to do is if they've lived in their home for more than five years or so, have a home inspection done and repair anything mm. that could be a barrier for your sale. I had a client who had a home that was, you know, it was a 1950s home. It was in pretty rough shape and she had home inspection done. Once we got the offers, we 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 said, "Here's the home inspection and, you know, tell us what you what you think about this home inspection and what you'd want to have repaired, etc." and you know, one buyer changed their price to a lower price another buyer said well we're going to need you know six or eight thousand dollars to um cover some of the stuff that needs to be done and the third buyer said we love the house we'll take it as it is and so it really (laughs) helped us to 
sift through the, the buyers and pick the one that would close. If I, we would have picked one of those other buyers, we would have had a terrible process and the transaction would have been really not very smooth. So it's, you know, some people don't think that, you know, they think, well, the buyers will just take care of it, take it as it is, but that's not always true. And so it's just kind of good to know what condition your home is in so that you can remove any barriers up front. Another thing is you, need, you still need to price appropriately. Um, I'm seeing right now especially that homes are overpriced and they're sitting a little bit longer and we're seeing more price reductions on the MLS because people are like, well, I could just get whatever I want for my house, but it's not actually true. Buyers are very savvy. They watch the market very closely and they can tell when something's not priced well. Also, take the time to tidy your house up, declutter, you know, put a coat of paint on it. Just have your home looking really sharp. Homes that are in good condition and look enticing to buyers are still getting multiple offers and they're getting higher prices overall. And uh, also insist that your real estate agent uses professional photos. With the internet, that's the first thing that the buyers are gonna see with your home is those photos. And if you've got a toilet seat up and it's not clean or you've got clutter everywhere and it's just not looking great, you won't get as good of a price on your home and it may sit for a little while. Um, yeah, the amount so of photos on the internet now are, is just phenomenal there as far mm -hmm. as, you know, going on Zillow, which, you know, is, is uh, I think, what my wife spends most of her time on on the internet. <laughs> a lot of people are. <laughs> looking at other people's homes because it's, it's something we never really got a chance to do. But some of those photos will make, uh, really make the difference of, oh, I, I've got mm -hmm. to see this home. Uh, and really others do. are just kind of like, okay, you know. So I think yeah. that's I think that's fantastic advice. Yeah, it, you know, a lot of a lot of people have really let that slip in the last year and a half. I've noticed, you know, upper end homes with iPhone photos that really aren't being portrayed as well as they could be when they're beautiful homes, and you could tell there's a lot of potential, but the photos just don't do it justice. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and there's a couple other things. You know, there everyone thinks that there's all these California people coming with cash and that everybody's going to get a full price cash offer on their home, and yes, that does happen sometimes. But also be prepared for buyers with loans, and those are great offers as well, and can close without a lot of drama. So you know, don't hold out for those those big cash offers that may not come. So Julianne. Is there anything else you want to cover? I have a couple other questions, mainly about what 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 you kind of think is going to be happening here in the next six mm -hmm. months to a year, and then, um, but but yeah, I just want to kind of check in with you and see is there anything specific you want to cover here as we, um, yeah, there's a couple of things that actually I was thinking about as I was preparing for this. Um, if you aren't planning to sell right now and you have a home, um, you're likely sitting on quite a bit of home equity. And um, it's important to make sure that your homeowner's insurance is up to date and it's current with your value. Um, I know after we lost so many homes in the fires last year, it just kind of helps you realize some things that need to be in place to make sure that we're being good stewards of our one of our biggest assets that we have. And um, if you have mortgage insurance, if you bought your home a few years ago, you may not have enough equity to have that removed. And then if your interest rate is higher than around 4%, consider refinancing. Rates are up a little bit recently, but they're still record lows, and it's just such a great time to get a good interest rate on your home. Um, and if you do have that home equity, do you want to remodel? Do you want to buy a rental property? Do you want to buy a vacation home? You know, there's just some power you have with that equity now that could really be put to good use for you and your family. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point. If if you bought your home, you know, three years ago, even if you were paying the the mortgage insurance, there's probably so much appreciation there 
mm-hmm. uh, in your home value that if you refinance, your equity, equity will be um, at least 20% in, in a lot of cases there. And if that's yeah. so, you can really reduce down what your monthly payment is. And uh, right. I just really encourage people to, to look at doing a, a shorter term uh, mortgage at this point. Look at a 15 or a 20 year mortgage uh, and get that home paid off uh, much sooner yeah. if, it, if this is going to be uh, something you're gonna stay in for the long term. Absolutely. Yeah, we did that at the beginning of 2020. We refinanced down to a 15 year and that feels so good that we could you know, have our home paid off soon. Yeah, and probably with the reduction in the interest rate, it, it really didn't hurt as bad as uh, if you would have started with a 15-year mortgage way back when. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, our, I think our payment only went up a couple hundred dollars, so it was worth it. Yeah, the, the other thing I'm talking to a lot of clients about who um, don't yet own a home is looking at the cost of renting. And right mm-hmm. now, you know, for even though the markets are up so much, if we look at okay, what is the cost of renting right now versus buying, and you know, looking at a comparable property or, or home, the the thing I, I really try to stress with folks is, you get a mortgage, you're going to lock that in for 15, 20, 30 years. That is your mortgage for that period of time. Interest rates are near all time lows right now. It might be a few hundred dollars more to buy. You also have the cost of home ownerships and and that sort of thing. But the thing I try to remind people about when they look at renting is your rents are going to be going up every single year, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with some of the legislation that came down that said you you really can only raise rates up to a certain point each year. I think that got a lot of landlords looking at that and saying, I need to be much more systematic about raising those rates. I think there's a, just a fantastic argument right now of saying, let's get into a home, let's lock in that uh, mortgage payment, um, because if I don't, rents will continue to accelerate uh, over the next few years. And uh, if, as we look at kind of our inventory situation here in the Valley, um, I think there's a very strong argument to, to seriously consider uh, looking at, at getting a home and locking in that low mortgage rate. Absolutely. I was actually in a meeting yesterday where they said that for the first time in on record, rents increased by double digits between August of 2020 to August of 2021. They jumped 11.5% um, according to Realtor.com. So, and I, you know, rents are going up. I think landlords are going to be trying to kind of make up some of the losses that they had in the last little while from the eviction moratorium and some things like that. And I, I've seen a lot of um, landlords actually selling their properties recently because the prices are good to sell and they are you know not comfortable with the climate of being a landlord right now and so i think the number of rentals are maybe decreasing overall and um, the prices are definitely raising yeah yeah so so definitely a good time to to, to uh, start that that search for a new home now you know i think everyone is is probably scarred if if they're you know um uh you know, on on the wrong side of 40, let's say, um, mm-hmm. by what happened in 2008, seeing that kind of complete and total collapse of the real estate markets. Is that something that you think could be on the horizon? So I've been I've been looking into this quite a bit. And um, 
and wondering the same thing myself because you know you just keep seeing this this incredible appreciation and you think where's the where's the stopping point and there's a couple of things that I've kind of heard over the last year or so that were really interesting to me and one of them was that 40% of Americans own their homes outright and do not even have a mortgage and that was higher than I imagined it would be um, and um, of those who have a mortgage, and I, I had a statistic on this that I found about a year ago, and I couldn't find it again to have the exact numbers for this podcast, but of the people who do have a mortgage, many of them have a good amount of equity. And um, in 2007, 2008, people did not have equity. They were getting 100% financing, and then they were maybe even more than 100% financing. They were taking out home equity loans to buy boats and go on vacations and things like that. And so a lot of people were really upside down in their homes and we just don't have that now. People have a lot of equity in their homes, um, you know, the, even before this increase that we've had over the last several years, they, they've been pretty solid. The mortgage industry has changed drastically since the crash and they're being more careful with their lending practices. There's a lot of good things in place to prevent that from happening. We may see a slight increase now that the eviction or the uh, foreclosure moratorium just ended. There's gonna be some backlog of some um, foreclosures that will happen. But everything I'm seeing and everything I'm reading from the experts out there is saying that, that that's really not going. It could that same thing probably will not happen. Yeah, and I think the the other thing um, to look at there is adjustable rate mortgages, oh, yes. which were <laughs> a really big thing. You know, two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six. Of well, your interest rate is locked in for two or three years, and then it's just going to float, and you know your your yeah. payment will go up, but you can just refinance. Um, that's really a thing of the past. And in, in a lot of cases, um, you, we're just not seeing that. Uh, so you have a lot of people who have locked in that low interest rate um, right. and have really made it pretty affordable. So uh, I, I agree with, with just about everything you're saying there is, yeah, we probably won't see as much acceleration in price as we have the past year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as a, a big financial crisis type collapse, uh, I just don't see that on the horizon for the real yeah. estate market. I- Nationally. Yeah. yeah. Well, another thing that I, I heard a little while ago was that um, back when, it, you know, before the crash happened, there was a lot of home building going on and there was just building, building, building everywhere. And they predicted then that even with that level of building, it would still not meet the demand in 20 years. And here we are, you know, almost to that point and that build, that amount of building actually dropped off. A lot of people mm-hmm. left the industry. And now we're really needing home building to come back. And with materials shortages and labor shortages and all the things that we're experiencing, the building is not meeting the demand. And so we still have a high demand for housing that's not being met. And so um, that should keep things from crashing too much more. Well, as we, we kind of reach the end of our of our time here, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions about listing their home or if, if they have already talked to a mortgage person and want to start uh, looking at buying a home? What's the best way of uh, getting in touch with you? Yeah, you can just Google Julianne Rollins, and I'm on there. Um, I also have a website, JulianneRollinsHomes.com. There's some great market information on there, some information about me. You know, you can kind of click through there and find that there's some guides to buying and selling a home that's really great information there. Or you can call me at 541-414-3732. It's just so good to be able to to, uh, refer people over to you and know that they'll be taken care of. So I just want to thank you for that. Thank you very much, Royal. I appreciate the uh, partnership that we have and that we're able to work together with these people. And um, I appreciate being on the podcast today. Thank you so much.
Thanks so much for making the time for for uh, us and and the listeners of the podcast. And uh, I'll I'll turn it over to uh, Eric, and uh, he can uh, wrap things up uh, on what was I think a, a very educational podcast today. I agree a hundred percent. This was incredibly educational and. Everybody is talking, like you said at the very beginning, everybody's talking about the real estate market. Uh, You and I have spoken about this multiple times. And so I appreciate, Julianne, everything that you shared today, even though I'm not in your area. It gives me more insight into what's going on in my area and just kind of the maybe some of the attitudes out there, which are very, very positive, it seems. So thank you so much for being on the show. And of course, Royal, thank you again for bringing her on the show. And a last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And like I said, everybody's talking about real estate. So share this one with them. It'll cause a great discussion around the table. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planners Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not meant to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.